You're listening to the Straight Up Saints Podcast. What is up, Houdat Nation? Welcome back inside another episode of the Straight Up Saints Podcast presented by Boot Crew Media and DraftKings. Where were you the night that Drew Brees decided to set the Twitter world on fire last night about 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central Time? Seemingly out of nowhere, Drew Brees decides to announce on Instagram and, and Twitter that despite speculation from the media about his broadcasting future, he's currently undecided. He tweets, I may work for NBC. I may play football again. I may focus on business and philanthropy. I may train for the pickleball tour, senior golf tour, coach my kids, or all of the above. I'll let you know. And of course, that tweet sent out an absolute just, I would say, shitstorm of speculation and talk about whether or not Drew Brees is going to play football again. And if he does play football again, who's it going to be for? And we'll get into all of that because I think it is fascinating to kind of see how this is all unfolded. And and of course, when someone like Drew says something like that, it's going to cause and, and generate a lot of reaction. So I'll kind of give my thoughts about it, why I don't think he's actually going to play in the NFL ever again, and why for the New Orleans Saints, it really doesn't make sense for Drew Brees to come back. Although it might sound fun, it would be a contradictory, uh, contradictive move, in my opinion, if the Saints were to go that route. But before we get into that, seemingly, you know, compared to what Drew said, that he may uh, train for the senior golf tour, uh, I want to remind you guys that this upcoming weekend starts Thursday, runs through Sunday. You got the PGA uh, Championship in Tulsa, and you can get in on all the action for all four rounds of DraftKings Sportsbook. New customers can place any $5 bet on who will win. Single-round matchups, who will win the actual event. So many options there, and you get $100 in free bets, no matter what, win or lose. And the way you can get in on this, you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today, use code BOOT, all caps, and then bet your $5 wager on golf's second major of the year. So that'll be a fun one. Again, if you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and for uh, referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER. It's a minimum $5 deposit required. And you can see draftkings.com slash sportsbook for more details. So let's get into this. Like I said, Drew Brees puts that tweet up, causes an absolute shit show of emotions and reactions. And uh, I already told you guys before um, Sunday night, I was like, I, I got two weddings back to back. So something crazy happens. I'll try and be on my phone, and whenever I cover it, I'll probably sound raspy, although my voice has actually recovered pretty well, so I'm, I'm thrilled about that part. But I'm sitting there. I'm just, you know, trying to enjoy my night, and, and you know, a good friend of mine next to me hits me. He's like, have you seen this? And I'm like, what the hell's going on? He shows me the phone of Drew Brees' tweet, and I'm just like, what the hell is going on? Like, it was so weird to me, and it wasn't, it wasn't excitement. It wasn't uh, confusion. I was just like, what the hell was he thinking actually tweeting that? that that's what, what was shocking to me because I knew that Drew Brees was quote-unquote out at NBC. Like, it was a one-and-done for him there. And although he says he may work for NBC again, New York Post is pretty accurate when it comes to sports media reports. So if they say he's not going to work again, I feel like for them again, I feel like that's a good shot. That is the case. Regardless, when I saw that tweet and you see the I may play football again part, it obviously grabs your attention. But once you sit back, you digest, you wait an hour, you wait two hours, you sleep on it, you wake up the next morning, you're like, okay, he's not playing football again. Like, it just felt like a petty slash 
response where it's like, I don't want another splash report to say what I'm going to do with my future. It'll come from me. So I'm going to let you know on Twitter. While I'm letting you know on Twitter, I'm going to scare the shit out of everyone by saying I might play football again. And if that was the plan, kudos to him because it worked brilliantly. And if it's not the plan, he's thinking about playing football again, I would just be stunned. And there's a variety of reasons. But number one at the top of the list is remember why Drew Brees left. Drew Brees didn't leave because he didn't love football anymore. That's not why. I mean, to this day, Drew Brees loves football. We all know that. The, the guy, remember when he would get hurt. He's, he's out there running through the motions, doing all the work. But he was getting injured a, a good amount now at that point. If it wasn't a thumb injury, it was a rib injury. If it wasn't a rib injury, it was a lung injury. If it wasn't a lung injury, it was a shoulder injury. If it wasn't a shoulder injury, it was a, it was a foot injury. They were just, in the last two years of his career, unfortunately, adding up. He stayed healthy throughout his whole Saints career. We all know he's the best player to ever suit up for the franchise. But once that first initial injury happened, it just felt like the floodgates opened. And you know what? That It, it happens. It's you know Father time gets everyone except for apparently Tom Brady. His ass is still out there playing football at a high level. God bless him, whatever. But it got Drew Brees. And not only that, the Saints, year after year after year, really good in the regular season. They get to the playoffs, and it wasn't working anymore. And you kind of felt like part of the reason it wasn't working is because Drew couldn't push the ball down the field anymore. And I know some people might get in their feelings about that, or some people might disagree with that. But when you watch the games, it became evident, right? Teams were making you play in a phone booth. They knew you weren't throwing over the top of them past 15, 20 yards. And because of that, it made it easier to kind of, I would say, condense that Saints offense. And remember the 29th Brees. And again, I, I love Drew Brees. Uh, you guys know how I feel about him in terms of the quarterback he was. And obviously, when I was young growing up, that was someone that I would I just loved to watch. And, and to this day, I respect everything he's done. That makes no sense from his perspective. And remember, he's got four kids. He's got a wife. He's he's a, he's a family man above all you know above all else. So like, do you really want to come back, push all that stuff to the side? I, it just makes no sense. So I don't see it happening there. Dennis Allen comes out and made it seem like it's not going to happen, which I agree with. And then the third part for the Saints, why it doesn't make sense. The Saints have been pedaled to the metal with win, win now moves, right? whether it's trading and getting an extra first-round pick and then drafting Olave and Trevor Penning. So you bolster your roster for today. Then you go sign Tyron Matthew. Then you go sign Jarvis Landry. You're making all these moves, and when you make these moves, you make it very clear that you want to win football games now, right now, and you don't only want to win football games. You want to contend because you might see the NFC is there for the taking, and in your mind, you say, hey, we're pieces two away, and maybe those pieces were Jarvis Landry, Tyron Matthew. We don't know. We'll find out this fall. But when you make those moves, there's no way you can make those signings and then all of a sudden out of nowhere be like, man, the missing piece is Drew Brees at quarterback. There's just no way. There's absolutely no way because it would make no sense to go all in, push all your chips to the center of the table, make all these splash moves and then be like, hey, 43-year-old Drew Brees is looking good. That's who we need at quarterback. And look, I know Drew's a workaholic and I know he, in, in, in his mind, probably still thinks he can play football and play it at a high level. And maybe he can. I don't know. You never know. You can't count out the great ones. But for the Saints' perspective, it makes no sense at all for them to do that and say, hey, we signed Jameis to a two-year deal, but none Drew Brees is really coming back, and he's going to figure it out. That just makes no sense. Because if the Saints really felt that way and they felt like Jameis wasn't going to cut it, they probably would have drafted Kenny Pickett at 19. That's the truth of the matter. You know? 
And if someone's going to say, well, you know, what if Drew comes back as an emergency backup? And if Jameis gets hurt, he could plug him right in. That sounds fun. And, and, and honestly, in terms of content creating, don't, don't get me wrong. I think that's a great storyline. And, and boy, I know if I did a podcast on that, we'd have a lot of t- stuff to talk about. And if I did a live stream, we'd be chatting about it all day. But the Saints did sign Andy Dalton. He will be their backup quarterback. Like We can't forget moves that they've made this year. The Saints have made moves to A, be a contender in the NFC, and then B, getting Andy Dalton if Jameis gets hurt again. I think you guys will feel pretty con- uh, I would, I don't know, confident, but at least calm with Andy Dalton as a starter. Right? Like, if Jameis got hurt. And obviously, we don't want Jameis to get hurt. And if he does get hurt, that does hurt the potential of this team. But they signed Andy Dalton for a reason, right? It, it just makes no sense. I don't think it will happen, nor do I want it to happen because there's so many factors. I think when you got one foot out the door, it's best to keep on walking. And and for Drew, when you retire at the end of the 2020 season, 16 months later, you want to play football again? I, I don't know about that. And especially when it felt like the last three years of Drew's career, it was retirement or one more year. And then it just kept being one more year and then finally retirement. It makes no sense 16 months later to kind of flip your decision. And, and on top of it, why would you want him back anyway? Because it's either he comes back and maybe he falls flat on his face and it's just a tough look for a guy who should be a first bout Hall of Famer. No doubt we'll see him in, in, you know, in the Hall of Fame four years from now. He would prolong that if he comes back. And then what if he plays for another team? That possibly maybe ruins the, the, the aura of this whole thing. But I, I just don't see him playing football again. I don't think his intention was to tweet that, saying, this is me telling you I'm playing football this fall. Uh, I think it was his way of saying he's undecided about broadcasting. And then in the midst of all this, said, hey, let me just kind of put out a statement that's going to get the people talking. And it's directly from me, so I know whose mouth it came out of. That's the way I read it. So if anyone's panicking about it, I wouldn't panic about it. I will say, though, I would not be surprised if like two months from now he just drops like a workout video just to like get people going on Twitter. But again, it's important to note, Drew did get surgery recently on his shoulder. And that has nothing to do with football. And I'm not saying he got it because he's getting rid of football. I'm saying th- this guy just had sh- uh, shoulder surgery and he was out of football. He had to repair it because of damage he's taken from football. There's no way. I just, I can't see any scenario where he comes back. So if you want him back, I'm sorry if I made it seem like I crushed your dreams. If you don't want him back, then I guess you're probably happy that I'm saying this. And for anyone asking, the the... And I said it last week, and I'll say it again. The Saints moves told you, for at least this season, it's Jameis Winston's offense. Like, why now, in the middle of May, are we trying to, like, change it up? Like, we got our answer. If you don't like the answer, fine. But, like, just leave it. We'll see what happens. Either Jameis can play his way into being their starter for the long time, or the Saints are going to be looking in a year or two from now. But we know for the 2022 season, Jameis is going to rock that offense, or at least try to rock that offense, and we'll see if he can do it. So I'm probably not going to give this any more attention than it needs. It obviously deserved to be talked about in podcasts. It'd be just asinine if I didn't talk about Drew Brees hinting about maybe coming back. But I don't see him playing, nor do I think he should play. So if Drew was ever listening to this, enjoy life at home slash broadcasting or whatever the hell he ends up doing because I, I just don't see him playing football, nor should he. Anyway. That's not the only thing I wanted to talk about today. Obviously, on this uh, this edition of Straight Up Saints podcast, there's other topics to briefly go over. And before I get into the next thing, just want to rem- uh, kind of go through a quick transaction thing for the Saints. They signed Josh Andrews. He's a guard slash center. That's a little bit offensive line depth. 
I kind of laugh because every time the Saints sign an offensive lineman, it could just be like a guy for camp body. Everyone's like, Cesar Ruiz is replacement, or like he's taking over Cesar Ruiz. And like, it's it's crazy. I never thought I'd see the day that Andrews Pete would not be the most hated offensive lineman on the Saints, but I'm seeing the day and I'm seeing it every day because it's a weekly, a daily occurrence on Twitter. But not only did they sign uh, Andrews to their offensive line, they, they brought in Divine Ozigbo, who we all know Saints have history with him. They also signed Eric Wilson and they waived Cole Cabral, uh, Joel DeBlanco and Jalen McCleskey. So that's going to probably do it for moves on a two on a Monday. Excuse me. I don't even know what day it is on a Monday, but minor moves. Nonetheless, maybe the Ozigbo one's interesting. Cause I did say the saints need another running back. Is he going to crack the roster? Who the hell knows, but he knows the Saints system familiar fit. Why not? I still think they should consider adding another running back. There are options out there, but those options that are out there that I talk about they're they're going to be there till probably July anyway for training camp, at least some of them. So the saints can wait and figure it out later on. So let's get into the second thing I want to talk about. And it's kind of brief, nothing crazy major to get into, but it is important. Nonetheless, will Lutz put out a video working out with Zach Wood, the long snapper and uh, Blake Gillikin, the punter slash holder for their special teams operation with the caption. And we're back. And that might not seem major anyone, but judging by Twitter, whether it was the video that John Hendricks posted, whether it was the, the reactions that people had, you guys are excited about that, and you should be. You know, kickers don't get a lot of love, and I guess it's because a lot of times people feel like kickers, for the most part, they're the ones making those big misses at the end of games, and you're going to say they cost your team and whatnot, but until you don't have a kicker, or actually, let me rephrase this, until you have a kicker and then you lose that kicker, you never really realize how good you have it. And I think for Will Lutz's sake, the Saints realized that last season, and they knew it, but I think the fans more than anything kind of realized it because I remember at the end of the 2020 season, Will Lutz kind of ended it on a, I would say, a poor note for his standards, right? And people were like, ah, I mean, Will Lutz could miss time. He wasn't that good anyway, whatever. Like, he didn't end the 2020 season on a good note. Will Lutz's worst year is better than whatever the hell the Saints got for the majority of last year, right? Because if it wasn't Brian Johnson, if it wasn't Cody Parkey, if it wasn't Aldrich Rosas, who, Jesus Christ, he was just terrible, the Saints had no answer. And Brett Maher came in, and Brett, Brett Maher was good. He was consistent for the Saints, I would say. But Brett Maher's stats are a little misleading for one reason. So he did finish the year 16 of 18 from field goals, so 88.9%. That seems great. But eight of his field goals made were within the 30 to 39-yard range. Four of his, the, another four were made from the 20 to 29 range. So he only made four from 40 yards or more. So he wasn't out here bombing field goals left and right. That was not happening. Will Lutz, meanwhile, his worst season with the Saints, worst season, 82.1%, 23 of 28. And even though he was 23 of 28, he still made one from 50 yards. He made seven from the 40 to 49-yard range. So he was pretty damn good, at least in terms of Hitting it. And then in terms of close range, 10 to 10 from the 30 to 39 range. So if Will Lutz is even close to what the Saints have gotten from in the past, and we know he's a Pro Bowl caliber kicker, they will be just fine. And it will change the, I would say, the dynamic of this team because there's two games in specific. There's the first Falcons game, and there's the, there's the Titans game. 
And I'll go as far to say the Giants game, but I blame Sean Payton because he sent out Alger Rosas to kick a 50-yarder when that dude was struggling to kick a 15-yarder. That one made no sense. That's on the coach. But I digress. The Falcons game and the Titans game. Two clear games where kicking cost you. Brian Johnson missed two extra points in the Titans game. And then the Saints had to go for two at the end of the game. And guess what? They didn't get it. And had the Saints won that game, guess who would have been a playoff team last season? The New Orleans Saints. So they need better kicking. Will Lutz at 85%. Will Lutz on the downslope, like Will Lutz, what he was at the end of the 2020 season, is still better than what the Saints got for the majority of the 2021 season. And I don't think it'll be that bad because clearly he was dealing with something. And we all said that. We said Will Lutz looked like he was playing hurt. And he ended up playing hurt. And guess what? He ended up needing surgery. So I think Will Lutz coming back is huge. And it's something that, yeah, maybe in May, we're not talking about a bunch. I mean, I am. But maybe not everyone. Everyone's not jumping up for joy and saying, hey, Will Lutz comes back. That's going to give them a boost. But I'm telling you from now, if Will Lutz is anywhere close to what he's been with the Saints, and he's been an 86.6% field goal made for his career since joining the Saints in 2016, if he keeps it steady and he's making his field goals in the 80%, This team's going to be different, man, because they're going to be able to feel comfortable about getting in field goal range and taking their three points and not having to worry about whether or not the guy's going to shank it left and right. So thrilled to see that he is working out. It looks pretty good. The video looked good. I know it's just one clip, but he's got time. He's got June. He's got July. He's got got time to make sure he gets back to being Will Lutz. And boy, if he is, I'll be pumped about that. So Will Lutz, that's good news. Other good news for the Saints, and this is how I'm going to kind of finish it up, We found out the exact specifics of Jarvis Landry's contract. And man, oh man, they're really good. They are really, really good. So Ian Rappaport drops this news on Monday. He said the Saints gave Jarvis Landry a one-year deal with a base value of $3 million. He can earn another $3 million incentives, mostly based on individual stats. That is a bargain. Because if Jarvis Landry doesn't play that well, and Jarvis Landry kind of looks like Jarvis Landry from last year, and we should add that Jarvis Landry missed five games last year. They're only paying $3 million. If Jarvis Landry plays like Jarvis Landry and he gives you his usual, and I'm, I'm going to go with his Cleveland numbers, his usual anywhere from 800 to 1,000 yards, you're paying only $6 million, And that's if he hits every incentive. That's a damn good deal. Because I remember when Jarvis Landry got cut by the Browns, he was asking for about 15, 20 mil. And in my head, I was like, man, can he settle for 10 or 12? Like the Saints could pay him 10 or 12. Half of that at six. And that's if he hits his incentives. That is a damn good deal. And that is one of those that when you look at the number, you say, how the hell does that happen? And two, it shows that sometimes patience is a virtue. And it pays off, man. Because for the Saints, there were some free agents out there at wide receiver, and we would have liked to see them get them. Like I would say Valdez Scanling. That's a name to throw out there. The Saints were interested in. They ended up not paying for him. And I think he's going to play well in Kansas City because A, it's Kansas City with Mahomes and Reed. And B, I think he needed to get away from Green Bay. I just didn't think that was a system that was going to work for him. I think he'll work in Kansas City. He got about $10 million a year. His best year is not better than Jarvis Landry's worst year. And that's not me making one of those lines where I'm like, man... I'm here to drop some flames. No, like his best year is not better than Jarvis Landry's worst year. Now I'm talking about worst year where Jarvis Landry actually plays. So Valdez Scantling's best year, 33 catches, 690 yards, six touchdowns. Jarvis Landry's worst year on a full season, his rookie year, 84 catches, 758 yards, five touchdowns. 
So Saints are patient about it. They end up getting a really, really good veteran wide receiver. It's a one-year deal. And you know for Jarvis, who's 29, turning 30 in November, he's got a chance to boost his value with a big season in New Orleans. And it's a win-win, right? Because if he has a big season in New Orleans, he hits those incentives. The Saints get absolute great bang for their buck. And he gets a chance to cash out in 2023. It's a, it really is truly a win, all, a, a win for all sides. And you have to be thrilled about that. Have to be. I, I think it's, it's great. And for Jarvis, you'll look at last year's numbers and you'll say, man, is he on the downslope? He might be. He might be. But he missed five games last year. So if he missed five games last year and he was averaging 60 yards per game, you're adding another 300. He was still an 870-yard receiver last year. Saints will take that in a heartbeat. Absolutely. So I love the deal. And I think that the, the structure of it makes a ton of sense. And you're not committing future dollars to this. You're just worried about the now. And guess what? The Saints have been worried about the now. Hence why they've been making all these win-now moves throughout the offseason. So I'm really excited to see how that pans out. And I'm also curious what you guys think. Do you guys love the deal? What the hell are your thoughts on the Drew Brees thing? Obviously, comment below. I would love to see what you guys have to say about that. And until next time, we'll see what crazy shit happens. Because this has been a wild offseason. Mostly good news. And then yesterday came around as a little reminder that, hey, it's not all sunshines and roses. You get some weird, bizarre news hidden up on Twitter. But we'll see how the rest of this offseason progresses. Rookie minicamp has been wrapped up. Eventually, we'll have OTAs getting up in here. And, and it'll be exciting to see how that all unfolds. And when it does, I'll have coverage here for you guys on the Straight Up Saints podcast, the destination for the Who That Nation. You're listening to the Straight Up Saints podcast.